Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. You have your Bibles when you turn with me. I want to read one verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 verse 6. talking about God who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter killeth but the spirit giveth life amen amen and I want to preach on the subject the heart of the law the heart of of the law. Let's worship him one more time before you're seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you praise for all the good that's going to come from your word this morning, Lord. Amen. The anointing to go forth uh, and the hearts and minds to receive, uh, oh Lord, exactly how you want them to receive uh, the wonderful word and a powerful life-changing word of God. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise and the glory for it. Amen. Let's clap our hands and you may be seated. Praise God. I want to talk about the heart of the law. The heart of the law. You know, the Old Testament, and you've heard this mentioned the last couple of weeks, uh, how, you know, some people kind of like look back and, you know, when when, uh, Moses and them came out of Egypt and they crossed the Red Sea and then they went into the wilderness and, uh, you know, all the miracles that God had for them and different, th- different things throughout the Old Testament after the law of Ten Commandments were given. But boy, it would be so nice to be there and to be a part of it. Amen. And to be under the, under the law of Moses and the Ten Commandments and all that kind of stuff. But believe me, uh, like, like it's been mentioned, I don't want to be back there. I want to be right here. I want to be after Jesus. I want to be after grace and mercy, amen, and the church. Because the Old Testament, the law in the Old Testament, which was based on the Ten Commandments, was very cut and dried. It was very matter-of-fact, and it was very to the point. Amen. It was almost like the old Western days. You know, like if somebody, you know, you stole that horse last night, okay, in the morning we're going to have to hang you, you know. And it was like, you know, it was like no appeal and go to jail and have a court hearing and all this kind of stuff. You know, the Old Testament was very matter of fact in many ways. You know, the, that Ten Commandments and then branching off of those Ten Commandments were all kind of subcommandments and ordinances and precepts and statutes, 613 in all. And back in the Old Testament times when people disobeyed God's commandments, in many cases, they could bring a sacrifice, an animal sacrifice to the priest to make atonement or restitution for their sin, and they would make it right. And sacrifices included bulls and goats and lambs and doves or pigeons and even fine flour, sifted flour. And it didn't have to do necessarily with the type of sin. It had more to do with your financial status. 
So some people that, you know, that could afford a bull to bring for a sacrifice, but another person, they might only could, you know, afford a bird or even some flower, but it still was received by God and it still did the same thing. Amen. But when a person's actions caused harm and injury to somebody back in those times, amen, there was immediate consequences and punishment and not even a sacrifice would take care of it. Let me, let me, uh, after I read, after I read a few verses here, you're going to say, oh yeah, thank God, I want to be in the New Testament times. Leviticus 24, verse 19, if a man inflicts an injury on his fellow citizen, just as he has done it, must be done to him. Amen. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, just as he inflicts an injury on another person, that same injury must be inflicted on him. Still want to be living back then? So if you, and I'm sure it's, uh, this is talking about premeditated, it's talking about being mean about it. I mean, there was provisions about accidental things in, in the Old Testament. But you go in and you, you know, get all mad and you pop someone's eye out, you know, and you're all mad beating them up or whatever, then, okay, you come over here, somebody's going to hold you down and they're taking your eye out. Okay. All right, now you're you're done. You're good. You can go live your life now. It's like, all right, one eye. You 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 snap somebody's arm off. Okay, you stand over there. These guys right here, that's all they do every day. They fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. You bust a couple teeth out of my mouth, someone's going to have to bust them out of your mouth. Amen. If I was living in the Old Testament times, praise God. You'd be you'd be like leading me around. I, I would be a toothless wonder, and I'd have all these broken bones. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We're getting to that part. Praise God. So, and then there were certain commandments when they were disobeyed. Uh, there definitely was no sacrifice available to make them right. And when these commandments were broken, judgment was swift and harsh. Amen. And some of these, among these, and this wasn't all of them, but was like premeditated murder, thou shalt not kill, adultery, witchcraft, and sorcery. These were among uh, several that had no sacrifice. That once you did it, it was like, and it was confirmed, it was over. Amen. They would take them out and they would stone them with rocks until they were not breathing anymore. Amen. It was rough back then. Praise God. What about rebellious children back in the Old Testament? Man, I'm telling you, that's another reason why. Because when I was a kid, and I've already told you some of my testimony, my mom would have been, she probably would have just been, you know, no kids, you know, whatever, after all of us. But, amen. But rebellious kids, when, uh, when they were rebellious and whatever the mother tried to do to correct them and the father tried to do correct them and nothing worked, the mother and father would bring that kid to the elders of the city and said, we can't do anything with this guy. Amen. And they would take him out and they would stone him to death. So he, he, he didn't get old enough to shave or get a job or anything. Amen. And so it was rough times back then. Rough times. Amen. And then there were 
the situation when the Ten Commandments were first given. They were in the wilderness. They had just got there, and they're trying to get used to all this stuff. And the, and the, one of the commandments was the Sabbath day, and they weren't supposed to do any work on the Sabbath. God was already given the manna, the food from heaven, the frosted flakes from heaven falling down. And the day before the Sabbath, that was the only day they could gather two days' worth, and they would have enough to eat on the Sabbath day. They were not to cook. They were not to go out and even gather, you know, things to do this or do that, to bake something, nothing. So here we find a situation where on the Sabbath day in the wilderness, there was a man, he was found to be gathering sticks on the Sabbath day to build a fire, to do something, maybe cook or whatever. He, and, you know, and they, somebody saw him and told Moses, and say, Moses, what should we do with this guy? You said the Sabbath day, we're not supposed to do anything. And Moses went and talked to God, and God said, take that guy out, throw stones at him until he dies. You want to be in the Old Testament? I don't want to be in the Old Testament. Amen. The, the point is, the Old Testament was very, you know, it just was matter of fact. Like I said, the law of Moses was very uh, to the point. Amen. And after thousands of years of living under the law, the people of Israel, the children of God, the law of Moses, they became quite condemning of each other, quite critical and judgmental of each other. And they kind of watched everybody and everybody was, you know, telling, you know, they had rabbis going around all over the place, making sure everybody was keeping the law. Amen. And because of this, love and mercy and empathy kind of took a back seat in their lives. And this was especially true with the religious leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the elders. But when Jesus came on the scene, he showed God's people, amen, that the law had a heart to it. And you guys didn't find the heart in the law, amen. And it was not to be followed just by the letter alone, because Jesus, remember, he was a transitional figure, John the Baptist prepared his way, and then Jesus was between. the. He was during the time of the Old Testament law, amen, and then the transition up until the church age started after his resurrection, amen. And so he was changing things, and he was showing them what God's intent was really going to be, amen. And uh, he, he didn't come to do away with the Old Testament. He came to fulfill the Old Testament, amen. And it was during this time, he wanted to show his people that grace and mercy was a part of God's law as well as these other things. For example, on several occasions, Jesus did things on the Sabbath day. He healed on the Sabbath day. He healed that paralyzed man at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5 on the Sabbath day. He healed a woman who had been stooped over with scoliosis, curvature of the spine for 18 long years, healed her on the Sabbath day. And then he went into a synagogue and there was a man with a withered hand in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And right there in the synagogue in front of all the people and the rabbi, he healed that man's withered hand on the Sabbath. And this made the religious leaders so upset because they considered healing as doing work on the Sabbath, because they were so cut and dried with everything. Amen. And they went by the letter of the law, just discounting everything else to do with it. Praise God. There's no work. There's nothing on the Sabbath. But Jesus said, amen. He let them know that the heart of the law, amen, will allowed for healing on the Sabbath. 
Amen. You know, Jesus, you know, when, when the disciples, they, at one time they were going from one place to another, they hadn't had anything to eat, they were starving, and they happened to be going down this little road, and they were passing by these, these really ripe wheat fields. And, uh, they, and, and maybe one of them said, you know, the Lord, it would be so great. I know it's a Sabbath day and everything, but we're not really supposed to be picking, you know, wheat and doing any work, but we're starving, you know, what do you think? Go ahead. He said, told them, go ahead and pick the wheat and eat it. So they're just picking the wheat and eat it. And, and of course, you know, uh, the way the people of the law back then, somebody saw them and then, you know, told the rabbi, and the rabbi comes running out, you're not supposed to be doing that on the Sabbath day. And Jesus told him, amen. He told him a few things, and he said, hey, it's okay to do good on the Sabbath. It's okay, amen, to do what God wants you to do. Matthew 12, 12 said, Therefore, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Amen. The leather of the law said you could not do no work or gather no food on the Sabbath. But Jesus said the heart of the law allows for certain provisions. Therefore, doing good on the Sabbath is okay. And in Mark 2, 27, he went further to say, And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Amen. So he, what he was saying was, you know, I, I, I want to let you know, I want, he, like Jesus came, I think, to clarify some things. He came as God in flesh. Amen. God saw the situation. I came, he came to clarify. Amen. And he goes, you guys are looking at it you know, wrong based on some situations here. Amen. But he said, he said the Sabbath day wasn't there before man came. Amen. Man was there first. And I made the Sabbath to be a blessing to you. And you guys have kind of turned it around. Amen. And he said, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. I'm Lord of the Sabbath. So I, right now, can make some little revisions here. Amen. Because it's all about the heart. And then there was a time when a woman was caught in adultery. And the Pharisees in public, dragged her into the public square where Jesus and his disciples and all these people were because they wanted to humiliate him. They wanted to put him on the spot. They wanted to really shut him down. And she was just a pawn to be used. Amen. And so she, she, they brought him there, and they said to him in John 8, 5, Now Moses in the law commanded us that, that such like her should be stoned right now because of what she did. But what do you say? And then you could just see them, oh, you know, just going like this. We got him now because he can't go against the law of Moses. We got him. So the letter of the law said, stone her. But then we understand that Jesus, was. he went down and wrote something in the dirt. And then he came up, looked around, he wrote something in the dirt again. And then John chapter 8, verse 7. So when they continued asking him, hey, come on, what do you say? What do you say? He lifted himself up. He said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Something totally out of the blue, out of right field. They didn't know what to say. Amen. And from the oldest to the youngest, because the longer you live, the longer, the longer you live, the longer you know that you either messed up a lot or you got a lot to be thankful for for what God's done for you. Amen. So the eldest started dropping their rocks, and then the young men dropped them last. Amen. The heart of the law said, 
give her another chance. See, Jesus came. That's why I'm glad I'm in the church age. I'm glad I'm living when Jesus came. Amen. And the dispensation of grace, praise God, for God gives us another chance. Praise God. And then all they were all gone. It was just her and Jesus. And Jesus says, where's your accusers, lady? Yeah, they're, all, they're all gone. And the only one that really had a right to throw the stone was him because he was without sin. And he said, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Amen. Thank God for the church. Go and sin no more. Go. Amen. And when it came to people with leprosy, the people of God in the Old Testament understood that the letter of the law Amen. Told them to stay far away from those people. That's why lepers were commanded to go live outside the city. Amen. And live away from everybody until they could be confirmed that the leprosy was gone. Amen. And so the letter of the law said, stay away from lepers. Amen. And even got to the place where they wouldn't want to breathe the air that the lepers breathe, let alone touch them. But then the Bible said in Matthew 8, and behold, verse 2, a leper came and worshipped him, Jesus, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Amen. The letter of the law said, don't touch him. Don't get near him. Amen. But Jesus said, amen, I'm going to touch him. I'm going to heal him. The heart of the law said, he needs to be touched by the hand of God like everybody else. Amen. Everything Jesus did was well received by the majority of the people. The common people heard him gladly. Amen. The babes even understood what he was saying. People rejoiced. Amen. The dead religion of Old Testament times that had gotten to a bad place by the time he came on the scene. Amen. Was now he was speaking as one with authority and with power. And then there were signs and wonders that followed his word. And the people thought this was awesome and refreshing and what it was supposed to be. Praise God from what they were used to. Amen. And it was not really the average person that didn't like Jesus. It was the religious leaders of that day, the Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes. They were resisting the heart of the law because they liked how it was going right now at that time. Luke eleven forty six. Jesus replied, and you experts of the law, woe to you because you load people down with burdens that they can hardly carry and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Amen. That was the religious leaders. You, you don't want people like that to be your pastor. Let me load you down. Hey, can you give me a hand here, pastor? Nope, I'm busy loading this other person down. Amen. No, that's not the way it was supposed to be. And that's why Jesus went to say this to another, uh, to another uh, set of religious leaders in Matthew 12, 7. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice you would have not condemned the guiltless. Amen. He was turning it all around, and he was, he was saying, everybody, there's a heart in the law, and you're getting ready to see a lot more of that heart. You're getting ready to see not only the heart, but the spirit of the law, because I, I'm here now, and it hasn't even started yet. When the church starts, you're going to really see it. See, one of the things God requires of his people is to love mercy. 
Amen. He said, I desire mercy and not just sacrifice. Praise God. James 2.13 said, For judgment is without mercy to the one who showed no mercy, but mercy triumphs over judgment. Amen. And that's why we in the New Testament, we in the church, we are not here to judge people. Our mission is not to condemn people. Jesus himself said, the Son of Man came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We're here to love people. We're here to show them a better way. We're here to be the salt and light of the world. We're here, amen, to Hallelujah, to show them the truth and the way and the life, which is Jesus Christ. We're not to judge them, and we're not to condemn them. We're not to be God's police department. Amen. Oh, 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 oh. All right, I got to call that one in. Oh, oh, I got to call that infraction in. Oh, my goodness. Amen. Do you know the phrase, his mercy endureth forever? endures forever, appears 41 times in the Bible, and in one chapter in the book of Psalms, most of those appear in that chapter. God wanted to let us know, amen, that his mercy endures forever. Amen. There are a lot of things that we involve ourselves with on a daily basis that are not going to endure forever. That's why we got to check ourselves, folks. Amen. What are we doing for kingdom purposes? What are we doing on a daily basis that will go beyond this world? Amen. Are we putting our treasure in heaven? Amen. Are we doing things that have eternal consequences? Praise God. And not just temporal, temporary. I know a lot of things are temporary, and that's just the way it is. Amen. But God, help us to go beyond. Amen. And go for the things that are more lasting because we're going to heaven someday, and that's where we want to put everything. His mercy endures forever. It's important we put our heart and soul into eternal things, forever things, and mercy is one of those things. Amen. But the heart of the law is based on God's greatest attribute, which is love. Amen. God is love. Jesus not only showed us the heart of the law, but he put the spirit in the law. Remember, our text verse said the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. I can't uh, really obey the Bible like I need to without the Spirit in my life. The Spirit gives life. That's why last week when we were uh, hearing about receiving the Holy Ghost, it's so important, amen, not only for our prayer life, but also for understanding the word and also for helping us to obey the word. Amen. We need the Holy Ghost in our life. Amen. And so he love. And so he didn't show us not only just not the, the heart of the law, but the spirit of the law. His spirit is the spirit of love. It's the spirit of grace. It's the spirit of mercy, forgiveness, patience, and self-control. We read about the nine fruit of the spirit. Amen. In Galatians chapter 5. And those those. 2 Corinthians 3.17, amen. So our text verse is verse 6 of this chapter, and then verse 17, because he talked about, amen, the, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And now he said, here, let me tell you what that Spirit is. Now the Lord is that Spirit, amen, that gives life. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, amen. There is freedom, praise God. There is help. 
for us. Amen. Because the New Testament, amen, that God gave us is not as whatever as the Old Testament. Jesus didn't do away, like I said, with the Old Testament. He fulfilled it. Amen. And he gave other commandments that complemented and that, uh, you know, dovetailed with many Old Testament principles. Amen. In his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew and different places uh, that he taught. And then they were corroborated later by the apostles and the epistles in the New Testament. But the bottom line is, amen, it's much better to live in the New Testament times. Uh, amen. With the whole, They didn't have the Holy Ghost back then. And they had 613 commandments. Uh, and punishment was swift. Amen. We got Jesus in the New Testament and the Holy Ghost. We got it way better, and we need to thank God, and we need to go after it. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The Spirit gives life is His Spirit. So Jesus not only quoted from the law of Moses, He is the law of Moses. And therefore, when Jesus was on earth, He could, he could, he could do what He did and say, Yeah, you don't have to be stoned, lady. Go and sin no more. I gave you another chance. Amen. Yeah, we're going to heal on the Sabbath. Yeah, go ahead and eat wheat on, on the Sabbath. It's fine. The Sabbath was made for you, not you for it. Amen. I'm Lord of the Sabbath, so I can do what I want here. I'm God and manifest in the flesh, and I'm showing you a better way. Amen. The Old Testament set the foundation, but the book of Hebrews said, amen, the new covenant was a better covenant with better promises and a better way. Woo! Hallelujah. So he is the word and the word is God and his commandments in the New Testament do not bind us. They do not hold us back. On the contrary, they give us freedom and liberty through his wonderful and powerful spirit. Hallelujah. They do praise God. You know, some people say, oh, I feel sorry for you Christians. You know, you got all these rules. You got to obey, you know. Uh, I, I don't got to do nothing. Oh, yeah, you have to. I, I do it willingly. Last time I checked, there's nobody back, you know, with a shotgun. You're like, come on, keep those commandments. No, I'm doing it willingly. Yeah, I know if I don't do it, there's consequences, but I'm happy to do it. Amen. I understand what God did for me on the cross. I understand the great, the great sacrifice. I understand the, the stakes in this situation. I understand, amen, what's, what's waiting at the end of the line for everybody. Amen. And all of that, I know that God is awesome. Praise God. And it's worth it all. His, his commandments in the New Testament, they don't burden us. They don't bind us. Even in the book of Acts, if you read the book of Acts and you get to about chapter 15, you see a lot of Gentiles after Peter in chapter 10 went to the Gentiles and Cornelius, and then he even got called on the carpet by the apostles back in Jerusalem in chapter 11 saying, what are you doing going to the Gentiles? This is a Jewish-only club, you know, this new church. And then he said, no, not anymore. Let me tell you the story. And he told them all about it. And they said, well, praise God. The Gentiles get to be part of this too. That's Gentiles are non-Jewish people. Amen. And then you get to that. So more and more Gentiles become part of the church, getting baptized, filled with the Spirit. Amen. And then in chapter 15, there was some hardcore Old Testament Jewish Christians that said, well, these Gentiles need to obey the law of Moses. You know, we, we can't be doing away with the law of Moses. So then when new things arose, what they had a little committee meeting there, 
in Jerusalem, all the apostles, and they prayed about it, and they talked about it. And then finally Peter got up and said, you know what? Amen. Why are we wanting to put a burden on these new Gentile Christians that not even we or our forefathers could handle? Amen. You know that that law was overbearing. Amen. And you know it was hard. And you know that Jesus fulfilled the law. Amen. And so we're not going to put the law of Moses on the new Christians. Amen. We are going to go with what God has told us to do. His commandments are not overbearing. Amen. Praise God. First John 5, 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. Amen. Everybody say it with me. His commandments are not grievous. Grievous means burdensome. Grievous means weighing you down. His commandments are not burdensome. His commandments do not weigh you down. Amen. And you know what? Let me give you a little tip on how to live for God. If you live for God with everything you got, it'll be much easier than just halfway in it. Amen. You know, just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. You know, today I'm just going to live for God. Tomorrow I'm not sure. All this is going to be so hard for you. Man, this is hard. You know, these you know, New Testament commandments and all this stuff. No, no. If you put your heart, mind, soul, and strength into it, and you remember what Jesus did, and you're thankful that your sins are washed away, and you're thankful, amen, that you're not where you were, amen, and you are at a different place, and you're on your way to a better place, amen, and you put your whole self into it, it'll be easier for you. Amen. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now notice verse 30, for my yoke, now the yoke was the thing that he put two oxen, they connected two oxen by their necks, so that they could put a plow, and they plowed with a pair of oxen, and the yoke is what connected. Amen. It connected. It bound them up. They could only go through whatever. So he said, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My commandments are not grievous. Praise God. Amen. In other words, the New Testament people compared to the Old Testament, I believe, I'm I'm not uh, ashamed to say we got it made, praise God, compared to the Old Testament folks. And I'll take this. I don't ever want to complain. I don't ever want to say, oh, this is too hard. Amen. Oh, no. Jesus did so much. And there's so much at stake. Oh, God, help us. Let's all stand right now. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. His spirit is what makes, uh, it gives us the buffer, the love buffer the mercy buffer, the grace buffer on His Word. His Spirit helps us. His Spirit strengthens us. Amen. And gives us the ability. Praise God. Because when we are weak, He is strong. His grace is sufficient for us. Praise God. When we are weak, He is strong. His Spirit is all we need. Amen. To help us with His Word. Oh, praise God. Amen. 
And there, so again, I, I encourage everybody, that spirit that he has for us, that gives us the spirit of the Lord, amen, gives us liberty. Praise God. And he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. God, help us, Lord, everyone that needs to have the infilling of the Spirit in this house. Amen. I encourage you, don't stop seeking after it until you receive it. Just like we talked about last Sunday. We want God to fill us overflowing. Amen. Over and over. There's the initial filling and receiving of the gift of the Spirit. And then there are subsequent and ongoing refillings that we need along the road. Amen. As we move down for the Lord. God, let's reach out to God for that spirit. Amen. This altar is open. Amen. Let's come and pray. Let's talk to God. Let's believe. And let's seek after his wonderful spirit that gives us the liberty we need. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.